Ian Thorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Dante Kamenici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt spreading ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. Yes, good afternoon, good evening and good night from Samba Central. It is episode 5 of Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast. We've now reached the quarter mark of episodes compared to the amount of gold medals that Michael Phelps has won. So we're getting very much closer and closer to that mark, even though we probably won't actually reach it by the end of the games, because he'll probably win a bunch of more before the end of it. But uh, day three is done and dusted of the 2016 Rio Olympics. It's been another golden day for Australia and another bronze-filled day for Canada, and we're here to wrap it all up. There's only two of us here today. Jared's so excited with the prospect of medals being awarded in equestrian tomorrow that he's had to take the day off to compose himself ahead of what will be a very exciting day for him. But my name is Ben, and so excited that I am that Australia knocked off the might and power of Canada in Rugby Sevens that I don't even give a shit that they won more medals than us today on Day 3 because I'm excited. Australia's won another gold, and this man on the line is very excited as well because Canada won two bronze medals, and as I said, more medals in Australia, probably for the first time in the history of the Olympics. It's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to Off the Podium. And what is going on with Canada? We're flopping in the rowing every single day. We're cleaning up in the pool. Apparently, we know how to play rugby. Like, this is not the country that I grew up in, but I'm happy with it regardless. I I just can't believe that this is an episode of this show where, again, you've won more medals in Australia in a day of the Summer Olympics. Uh, I mean, this is unheard of. This is national (laughs) celebration. This is like New Zealand finishing fifth in an event. Like, what's going on in Canada right now? Or silver ahead of Canada in an event today, but uh, I get the point you're trying to make. It's it's pretty unusual. I, I don't think that Canadians are used to winning medals this early. I think it's usually day three or day four by the time we get our first, and here we are at four medals in three days. So it's uh, this is this is going to be the the groundbreaking Olympics for Canada. I don't think anybody expected it to be this. If only way. you could win a gold. Um, I mean, how long till trampolining starts? Still <laughs> trampoline, trampoline. <laughs> still a couple of days away. So um, you know you'll get to taste that hopefully soon enough. But. Yes, recapping day three, just quickly at the beginning, as always, the medals won by both our great nations. Uh, Australia won medal today, and it was gold. The uh, ladies rugby sevens clinching their gold medal. Fantastic result. The first uh, rugby medal awarded in about 90-odd years uh, in the history of the Olympics. First time rugby sevens has been part of it, but Australia, the favourites coming into this tournament, and they uh, lived up to that reputation. Uh, they knocked off... The Canadians, 17-5 to in the semifinals before uh, waltzing over the New Zealanders, 24-17 to in the final. And um, there's only one thing better than winning a gold, and that is beating the New Zealanders. And can I just point out that two of our gold medals have come from beating New Zealanders. So therefore, if we had have lost those, just 
think about this, Australia, we would be equal in gold medals with New Zealand right now. So uh, we have done our nation a service uh, by making sure that New Zealand are not only kept gold medalists, but also not equal with us on gold medals. So that is important. Um, and uh, for Canada, as I mentioned, more medals in Australia, two bronze. They took the bronze in the Rugby Sevens. In, I, I don't know if that's an upset. They knocked off the Brits 33-10 to 10 in the bronze medal match. I'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on how Canada are reacting to that one, Colin, in just a moment. And uh, also, uh, another medal in the swimming, in the 100 metre back Stroke, Kylie Mass. Is that is that? Am I saying that correctly, Colin? Or is it Massey or? I, I think it is. <laughs> All Mass. right, Mass. Yeah. Good. I heard her name for the first time about twenty minutes okay. ago. Okay, so I'm the expert here. As have most of Canada. Um, and importantly, she beat two Australians in that uh, match. Emily Seabon was coming into this the world champion in the hundred meter backstroke. She finished second last. So. Um, yeah, just well, another day of Australia choking after doing so well. But, yes, how, how is Canada reacting to, I guess, the Rugby Sevens? Uh, we talked about this a couple of times, that you guys have no idea what rugby is, and now it's, what, a week away from being a national summer sport, overtaking lacrosse, I'm guessing? That is what tends to happen in Canada. It happened four years ago with soccer. I mean, soccer is something that everybody plays growing up, but it's not really a popular sport. And then when we took the bronze in uh, London... It suddenly became huge, and of course that happened a couple of years ago with tennis with both Milos Ronic and Jeannie Bouchard kind of breaking out, and I think that's what's going to happen now with rugby. Um, I have to be honest, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the game in that I understand the basic rules of it. I don't think I've ever sat down to watch it before today, uh, other than a few minutes in the, the days leading up to this just to see what our teams were like. You'll probably be able to clue me in more <laughs> than I'll be able to clue anybody else in. Um, I have a feeling probably in the next week there's going to be tons of rugby clubs that just explode across the country now because that's kind of the way we go. But I, I do have a lot of questions about, like, for one, is this considered an upset to beat Great Britain? I, I would say it would be because generally when it comes to any form of rugby, your main nations are pretty much Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, England, um, Argentina are generally pretty good, France... Um, and sort of a lot of the Pacific Island nations. So, I mean, Britain, generally in rugby tournaments, they compete individually, so they're not Great Britain. They're England, Scotland, and Wales. And, I mean, England in rugby union, which is, I guess, the daddy of rugby sevens, not rugby league, um, I mean, they were world champions in 2003. I think they lost the final a couple of years ago, and I think they made the quarters or semis of the World Cup last year. I'm not huge on rugby, but I think I know enough to get by, even though it's obviously beloved in Australia. But by, by you know, absolutely, I would say Canada beating Great Britain in a game of rugby is a is an upset. You know, that would be like uh, Great Britain beating... Uh, I don't know, a, a, a skiing event for Canada. <laughs> I, I can't even think of an event. Like, it's not going to happen in ice hockey. Doubt it will happen in curling. Well, I mean, Scotland are generally pretty good, aren't they? In Great Britain. Oh, yeah, possibly, but... Oh, I actually root for Scotland even over Canada. And right. Oh, wow. Gee. Are you, like, shamed uh, for doing so? <laughs> <laughs> I should be, but... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my second question is the length of the games. I mean, I didn't realize it was this quick fire. Is it really only two 10-minute halves, or is this just shortened for it, the Olympics? Well, I think it's it's just a shortened form of rugby in general. Um, I mean, rugby sevens, like, again, I'm not a huge rugby fan, but I can easily sit down and watch a rugby sevens match because they're short and it's exciting. Um, 
I mean, there are there are two forms of rugby: rugby union, and rugby league. Rugby union is generally the the international game, the one that the World Cup is. Um, you know, a lot. I don't know how many people are on a team, but like, I guess there's more than seven. And matches go for a lot longer than ten minutes. But you know, that's where the All Blacks, surely, if you've heard of them, the New Zealand, they're the best team in the world. Australia has the Wallabies. Um, you know, it's it's a very popular. <laughs> yes, the Wallabies. Yep, uh, big. <laughs> big big sport but this is kind of like the junior version of it so yeah i think it's just shortened to make it quote more exciting we have a lot of sports in this country where they like to make different versions of it cricket if you ever pay attention to that there's three different types of cricket one that goes for five days and ones that goes for two hours so um, this is kind of like the exciting form of rugby so yeah it's generally not that short for the proper version, but for Rugby 7s, yes, it's normal. All right. I'm all for it because I like that it was quick. I mean, both the bronze and gold medals were over in just over an hour, which was nice. Um, I did notice, if we're going to talk a little bit about your win, the gold medal win, um, the unachievable for Canadians. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was because Australia-New Zealand big rivalry, but it seemed to be a lot more physical, more intense, uh, a lot more ripping off each other's clothes <laughs> and suplexing each other, uh, a couple kicks to the face or whatever is going on. Is that more normal or is that just a Australia versus New Zealand thing? I think it's a bit of both. It's, it's definitely normal. I mean, if you want to be technical, the only sport New Zealand generally beats Australia in is rugby, rugby union in particular. I mean, the All Blacks, they beat us in the World Cup final last year. They've won the last two World Cups in the full game. Uh, and they're just the dominant force. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to rugby, New Zealand will stand up to us. I mean, I don't know if you caught the hucker before the match, but that's just a staple of yeah. New Zealand. I mean, that is just... We need to have Nick on this show right now from Survivor Oz because he can explain just how much that means to New Zealand. I'll, I'll watch any sporting event with New Zealand in it just to see the haka because that's just always something amazing. But, yeah, it's, it's always tense and physical and... You know, New Zealand, I think, are crying foul for a couple of decisions, as they would, you know, because they just like to complain. But, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we won the gold. Suck it up, New Zealand. You got a silver. You got a silver, brew. Like, I mean, come on. You've got two medals at this point, New Zealand. What are you complaining about? Look at Canada. You've won four medals, and they're, like, celebrating. Whereas New Zealand, oh, brew, we got upset by the Australians. <laughs> Suck it up. Take it. It's still, we haven't won any silver. You're beating Australia in something, New Zealand. God. Just felt like all right. I just <laughs> see if there was a reaction there, but um, clearly Canada and New Zealand. No. I was a little bit, <laughs> little bit scared for a second. Uh, this is that viciousness that we saw in the game there. Yes. So yes, uh, you must out. have a rugby background. I'm guessing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so whenever we're Australia New Zealand rugby, it makes us angry. It's like Canada and ice hockey. Like you, you're a very polite nation. You drop that puck, you're ripping yeah. people's teeth out. Like it's <laughs> exactly yeah. Um, but I mean, you're you're swimming as we sort of touched on there before. I guess I mean it was a tie. Kylie Mass, uh, she tied with the Chinese swimmer in that event. I believe so um, you know uh, I, I guess that's great for another swimming I mean is swimming gonna take a huge leap I mean I guess you kind of do all right in swimming in general but you know three days three medals uh, I can imagine that all of a sudden they're going to be melting the ice rinks in a lot of cities in Canada and turning them into swimming pools yeah and I've said this every day um, but I'll keep repeating it there was not a lot of hype going into this because of how young our swimming team was. And then it was on day one. It was like they went out of their way to say, this team is like 
the, the average age is 16 or 17 of our swimming team right now. And it was more done as a way to just promote, hey, can't wait to see what they'll do in Tokyo. And here we are meddling every single day. At least the women are meddling every single day. Uh, I'm waiting for some guys to get on board there, but we still have Ryan Cochran to come. Uh, yeah, any time any sport uh, really a Canadian really excels, it will take off. So uh, swimming's pretty. The funny thing is, swimming's pretty big here. I mean, it's it was mandatory at least when I was in school. It was mandatory to actually learn swimming, and it, not just learn swimming, but for probably two or three years, you would have swimming classes for maybe about a month or two at a time every single school year. Uh, so I don't know if that's changed or anything, but uh, I'm I'm excited because I actually enjoy the swimming, probably because we don't win as much, we don't have as much overexposure as it sounds like you have there, or definitely as much overexposure as there is in America. But uh, at this point, it's going to be fun every single day. Just I'm learning new people, and usually going into the Olympics like this, you know who these people are coming up. I mean, you see them in their commercials and in all the promotions on the network for the Olympics. And these are people I'm learning their names for the first time. Like I said, I heard Kylie Mass's name for the first time 20 minutes before we started recording this episode. It's fantastic. I can imagine that the Canadian commentators too probably have too. They're all like, oh, this is an event. This is great. And oh, fuck, we've won a bro. Who's it? Kylie Mass. Oh, we love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm just reading here. She's 20 years old. Good on you, Kylie, for being 20. She's from LaSalle in... One on- of the elderly ones on the team. <laughs> She's from LaSalle in Ontario. Uh, is LaSalle not the guy who... Wasn't that uh, Dr. Benton in ER? That was Eric LaSalle, wasn't it? Um, that- yeah, I, I, you said LaSalle. I got excited for a second because I grew up in LaSalle, Manitoba, which oh. is about 15 minutes from Winnipeg. But no, sadly, she's from the wrong province. Different, different LaSalle. So there's more than one LaSalle. Obviously, Eric LaSalle was very busy in Canada <laughs> at some point. Um, just leaving yeah. his mark. Um, and she is the Canadian record holder in the 100-meter backstroke. Good on you. Um, and a gold medalist. In uh, the 2015 Summer Universe Aid. I have no idea what that is, but um, <laughs> she won a gold there. So, <laughs> that's... A, a, I'm looking this up now. <laughs> she joins the ranks of the great swimmers of Anasta- Anastasia Zueva from Russia, who won at Universe Aid at 2013. Uh, the legendary Romanian swimmer of Carmen Bunaciu in 1985. Oh, what a memory, memorable race that was. 1985 meter backstroke at the Universe Aid Games. Um, if anybody wants to know how prestigious this is, just Google Universe Aid mascot, <laughs> and I just sent Ben a picture. <laughs> this is not what you expect from like a classy game like the Olympics. How would you even describe that? It's like a... a, a I, I don't even know. What is that? It's like a person with spiky uh, hair and stars on their chest? It looks like... Yeah. Like, they crossed something from Pokemon <laughs> with a baby with Sonic the Hedgehog and put a couple stars on its chest and had it wink. Well, we, we have not mentioned the uh, the Rio mascot. Is it U- Unicius or Unicius or whatever it is? Um, this yellow... I don't even know what it's meant to be, but... Um, yeah, that's, that's an episode in itself, talking about Olympic mascots. Nothing beats Izzy from Atlanta. Can we just point that out? But, um, yeah, she tied with Fu Yong-Hu from China to uh, take the the bronze. So uh, a lot... She's, Did she's, you see the time separating the silver medalist and the two bronze medalists? It's one one-hundredth of a second separating three swimmers. Oh, look at that. How close was Canada to getting that elusive second silver? 
Um, <laughs> they, they, the one thing I'll have to say for Australia, I mean, coming, we had two 100-metre backstroke chances. Like, they were talking this up like nothing else on our coverage here, you know. Basil Zemplis and uh, Gian Rooney just talking this up out of their buttholes about how good we are going to be in this. We have Emily Seabom, the reigning world champion, coming into this event. Oh, you know, how fantastic they're going to go. It's going to be great, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, she was in lane one. She turns in world record time at the 50-metre mark. This is great. Look at this. We're going to be winning gold. It's so great. And then she ends up finishing second last. And the post-race interview, she just did not give a shit. She wanted to go off and cry because she was just answering the questions in the most shortened form you could ever see. And she's just going, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I didn't swim very well. Yeah, no, I'm very disappointed, blah, blah, blah. Yet you've got young Madison Wilson, who's just happy to be in the final. She's come dead last, and she's acting like she's won a bronze medal for Canada. She's so happy. And she's like, oh, I didn't swim my best, but I'm in the I'm in the final of the Olympics. I'm so happy. Like, you know, good on you, Madison. That's how you should be. Like, none of this Emily Seabon sulking. And then Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mitch Larkin, our other hope in the 100 metres in the men's, he also turns 50 metres in front under world record pace and uh, ends up finishing fourth by three one-thousandths of a second and uh, loses to a guy whose name is David Plummer from the US of A. So, um, there you go. That's Australia in the pool tonight. Um, just Well, <laughs> we should also bring up, and I don't know how uh, much of a big deal is being made of it yet, mostly because we talked about Katie Ledecky's really stolen a lot of the thunder, but back in London... Missy Franklin, who was mm-hmm. 17, was heralded as the female Michael Phelps. She won four golds at the age of 17. And I, I even bragged earlier on, you know, Canna kind of claimed her because she has dual citizenship. It's like, you know, co-Canadian winner. But she completely flopped tonight. I and I, I guess it's now questionable whether she's going to, you know, uh, if she's going to be kind of a one-hit wonder now. So a lot of these... Uh, swimmers that are high hopes for are falling flat. Well, they they talked a lot about her in this in the hundred meter backstroke, for example, because Missy won the gold in this event back in London and beat Emily mm-hmm. Seabom. So of course, you know, the, oh, you know, there's no Missy Franklin in this. Emily's in with a real ch- real chance of gold. No, um, and she she yeah came dead last. Was it not in the two hundred meter freestyle? Um, if if that's the event, I'm yeah, thinking her of. semi final. She was dead last. Yeah. Mm, so what what's happening? So it wasn't there? even the finals. It was her semi. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, there's something in the water over there in Rio obviously the swimmers ahead of her (laughs) all the swimmers ahead of her are taking better drugs I I don't know like uh, (laughs) I mean Arsene Young uh, I mean he won a gold tonight (laughs) so I want to get to that shortly actually because it's funny the coverage with everything Um, but I guess just going over other Aussie results quickly uh, before we find out more of Canada, because I'm always intrigued to find out about what's happened with Canada as well. Um, so, a couple of big ones for us in the water polo. I joked yesterday that we were going to be having a nice uh, defeat to Hungary, one of the best sides in the world. We tied 9 all with Hungary, and we're still alive. We're still with a chance of making it past the group stage. So, uh, I think we're called the Sharks in the water polo, so <laughs> that's kind of convenient. Um, tennis. Sam Stozer, she's through. She hasn't lost yet. She beat Masaki Doi and will play Angelique Kerber, who sadly beat Jeannie Bouchard there, Colin. Sorry about that. Um, 
So I just ruined one of your results of the day. Um, and in our other singles match, John Millman went down to Kei Nishikori, but he fought so hard in that one. He had the double break in the first set and then lost it in a tie break. And then he had the break again in the second set, but sadly lost. He definitely gave it his all. Um, sailing started today. A lot happened. I don't know what the hell's happened in that. We've got a lot of sailors. They'll win gold next week, so I'll talk about that next week. Um, one of our big gold medal hopes, Jessica Fox, uh, second in the K1 canoe slalom into the semis. Great work there from our silver medalist from uh, London. Now, this one, I'm so devastated that Jared's not on the show today here, Colin, because this will excite you as well. Our equestrian team, how well are we doing right now after the cross-country? We are first overall in the team event, and Chris Burton, or as our commentators like to refer to him as, Berto, we'll talk about that very soon, uh, he's leading the individual standings too, so... We were in a shot for double gold and equestrian on day four, and uh, that's why Jared's not here right now. He's he's finding Bat Horse and getting excited. He, I was going to say, just where is Bat Horse? <laughs> that's what we really need to know. He's trying to find him. He's off. I think he's flown to Rio. He's trying to find Bat Horse and Richie Port. So that's where Jared is today. <laughs> he's got the search, and he's also flying to uh, Flin Flom to uh, make sure that the bid gets started. Yes. Um, <laughs> basketball, huge result for the Boomers, ninety-five to eighty victory over. Serbia. We've knocked off the fourth and fifth best teams in the world now opening two games uh, undefeated for the first time in Olympic history after our opening two games and we've got a small feat of playing the dream team on Thursday so uh, I'm sure we can win that. Of course we can. Uh, Archery Alice Ingley uh, lost in the round of 16 to the legendary Brazilian archer of Lucilia Bori. Um, sad, although I was watching that this morning and she knocked off a fancied Italian in the first round, so she did well there. Uh, hockey, Hockey Roos, not doing too well. They lost to America 2-1. They've lost their opening two matches, so uh, not looking good for them. Beach Volleyball, sadly, uh, our team lost. Can't repeat the great Canadian success that they're having in the, both forms of the volleyball. Uh, Marifi Del Sola and Nikki Lard lost their match to the Swiss team of Anu. Verge Depre and Isabel Fauna. Love them. Um, shooting, no success in the trap for the men. Adam Vella and Mitchell Ills did not make through the finals. And Dane Sampson and Jock Rossiter in the 10-meter air rifle didn't make it there either. Judo, we love our judo. Um, we had a victory in the first round to Jake Benstred, but he lost in the round of 16 to Azerbaijan's Rustam Orvov, that guy. Um, and in rowing... It happened. This is where Colin's no doubt excited. Well, it doesn't sound like they're doing too well, actually, Canada. Um, so our men's four is straight through to the semis. Our women's eight, of course, it's a big story here in Australia, um, that the women's eight team uh, did not qualify for the Olympics, but the Russian team got eliminated. So they were literally on a plane the moment the opening ceremony was on. They've only been in Rio for a couple of days, and they're like, hey, guess what? You're competing. They're through to the repercharge of that. Uh, the women's quad skull, sadly... Not through to the finals. They missed out by six hundredths of a second. That's what happened to Australia. What happened to Canada today, Colin? Well, of course, we covered the bronze uh, for both uh, Mass and the rugby team. Um, and I think those are the big stories. Uh, sadly, the men's volleyball team, which I, uh, it was quite exciting a few days ago, uh, our men's beach volleyball team uh, actually pretty much took it down to the wire with Brazil, like the best team in the world. And they lost today to, I think they were playing Italy. Uh, yeah, they just lost to Italy. So they're out now. Um, uh, basketball, though, or the women's basketball team did win. And uh, 
what else we have going on? Equestrian, uh, something was going on there. <laughs> you rode horses. Nothing that I followed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were horses, there was neighing. Um, <laughs> somebody threw a shoe. <laughs> but I did say that um, the rowing were kind of flopping in it right now, especially the, the men's quadruple skulls. That one, big disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we finished fifth in the repechage, so it's really down from where we were in pretty much every Olympics prior to this. Devastating. Uh, I don't know how much hope we have, uh, maybe in some of the individual ones in the canoe coming up. Uh, swimming. Oh, yeah, we did have another decent placing, Rachel Nickel, another one of our young female swimmers. She finished fifth, the 100-meter breaststroke. And as we said, Jeannie Bouchard is now out. But uh, in the men's doubles, uh, our guys are still in there. So they're going to move ahead into, is it up to the, the second round now? Uh, or I the actually, third round? Funnily enough, I have that screen somewhere here in front of me. I can tell you that uh, they're into the quarterfinals, actually. so There um, we go. Yeah, they're up against the Italians. Uh, so, and as far as I know, Jeannie's still in the doubles. She too. is, it's yes. Just, she's out. She, uh, she's scheduled to play the Czech team. Uh, well, I'm guessing that will be tomorrow. So they win. They're through to the quarterfinals. Um, but yeah, looking at the Canadians, uh, yeah, you've got of course Daniel Nestor. I'm just reading here. He of course was part of the doubles team that knocked off the Woodies back in Sydney. I remember that very well. Um, our great legendary. Has he been around that long? He is, yes. He's just looking here. He is the ripe old age of 43. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Sydney 2000, we had the best uh, doubles partnership in the world. Tom uh, Woodford and Mark, uh, Tom Woodbridge and Mark Woodford, that's it. I'm getting around the wrong way. They won it, uh, won gold in Atlanta and uh, made the final in Sydney, expected to win that, but it was a huge upset that the Canadians beat uh, the Woodies. I don't know who... Is there, I was going to say, is their team named the Woodies? Yeah, no, you, you're dead serious, they're the Woodies? Dead set serious, the Woodies. Until the Bryan brothers came about, they were the greatest double pairing in the history of tennis, but now the Bryan brothers have kind of shadow all over that. So, um, yeah, we were very proud of the Woodies. And, and why wouldn't you be when you call the Woodies? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, just a classic name. There you go. Uh, well, I'm happy for... for I'm, I'm rooting for the Canadians in the doubles. I mean, knock off the Italians. You're into the semis. You'll either play Spain or Austria. And um, your, your mate Rafa's uh, playing there for Spain in the doubles as well. So, um, hey, there you go. You got this in the bag, baby! <laughs> you do. You do indeed. Uh, other main results from today, before I go over the medal winners, just quickly, uh, Brazil, the host nation, won their first gold medal of the Games. Uh, the great Rafaela Silva won the women's 57-kilogram judo. Good on you, Rafaela. Um, that would have been a sight to behold there. Sun Yang, as we mentioned, gold in the men's 200-meter freestyle. And uh, I have to say, I've got to jump ahead to a bit of classic commentary here. Uh, when uh, Basil Zemplis, our great swimming con- commentator, turns around and basically uh, says, while Sun Yang is celebrating his gold medal, turns around and says, I wonder if there's a bit of Mac Horton on the mind there as he celebrates the win. I'm thinking he's probably not thinking at all about it. He just won a fucking gold medal. Like, what's his first thought? Oh, that guy who beat me the other day and called me a drug cheat. I'm thinking of him right now. <laughs> I kind of doubt it, Basil, but, um... (laughs) I have to say, too, like, I've never seen any Chinese athlete 
enjoy themselves that much. Yes. Like I don't know if I've ever seen one smile before. Exactly. And he was like jumping up and down. I loved his victory celebration. And when he threw the uh, the cap in the crowd and it went in the pool. I don't know if you caught that bit on his metal lap. Um, and then it splashed somebody and there was a massive stare yeah. down. It actually was quite unpleasant. There is still so much happening right now with this whole China-Australia <laughs> stuff. Apparently China, Chinese media are tweeting negative stories about Australia. <laughs> like they literally are saying like, <laughs> Melbourne, no longer the most livable city in the world due to pollution. It's like, this is coming from China. Um, so I'm not getting involved. I don't want to be splashed by Beijing. So um, I'm staying out of this future war between Australia and China. Um, and I just want to mention quickly, because I've got over these, uh, the medal winners, uh, I didn't realise that the creator of Glee, Nip Tuck, and American Horror Story was a swimmer, Ryan Murphy. Uh, what the men's 100 I saw the name too today I so. got excited I'm like every, another thing on the resume everything <laughs> this guy creates is amazing and now he's a gold medalist so um, good on you Ryan but uh, yeah just so the gold medals today uh, China took out the men's synchronised 10 metre platform did, did Canada not have an event, uh, diver in that at all or if they did, I didn't see it, but I was out of the house for a lot of the no, day. No, they didn't. Looking here, China won gold ahead of the US and Great Britain. Um, sadly, the Mexican pairing only finished fifth. Um, I'm very disappointed about that. Uh, fencing, the women's sabre went to Russia. Yana Egorian took that one out. Gymnastics, the men's all-around. Uh, Japan took that one out. Good to see oh. that. Um, the also in judo, the Japan won another gold there too. Men's seventy three kilogram to Shohei Ono, Japan doing uh, quite well. Stop winning those bronzes. Uh, as we said, rugby sevens, Australia gold there. Italy took out the men's ten meter air rifle, Nicolo Campriani, and uh, in the men's trap, Croatia, Josip Glasnovic won that one. Swimming, as we mentioned, Sun Sun Yang uh, the two hundred free, Ryan Murphy the hundred back, uh, Katina Hosu, I can never say her name. The Iron Lady took a second gold of the games, hundred back, and Lily King the hundred meter breaststroke for the USA. And in Colin's favourite sport of weightlifting, two gold medals in that one. Oscar Figuera from Colombia took out gold and an Olympic record for Sukanya Susrat from Thailand, winning the women's fifty-eight kilograms. So that's the um, the gold medals at least from today. So uh, I guess now is a perfect time to look at the medal tally uh, after three days. Now, Australia, with our gold medal at one point, jumped back up to second. But sadly, because we choked in the swimming, we didn't add to our gold. So we've stayed at third. We're still happy with that. We'll take third still. But the US leading uh, now, again, five gold, seven silver, seven bronze, 19. China, five gold, three silver, five bronze, 13 total. Australia, third. Italy are up into fourth with three gold, four silver, two bronze. Japan in fifth, three gold and seven bronze, if you don't mind. Canada sitting pretty in 24th place all by themselves. A silver, three bronze. Sadly, though, Colin, that puts you behind New Zealand. <laughs> Two silver. Oh. This is this is our whole thing when we're talking about the total medals need to count, not the bloody uh, gold, because you would be ahead of New Zealand. You, you've won double the medals of them, yet you're still behind them. That doesn't work. Yeah, we need an official Canadian dance to start every event. <laughs> with and then we'll be up there what is the official canadian dance <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued uh, <laughs> what's that one the chicken dance there we go well we need to find something to do with rabbits uh seems as uh, 
<laughs> oh, we do have an answer to that. If anybody was listening yesterday, the bunny hug right. that Gavin Schmidt uh, threw a picture of himself in. I was mentioning it today in the car to my wife, and she's like, yeah, that's what they call a hoodie in Saskatchewan. Apparently, this is a well-known thing, not in everywhere in Canada, but in Saskatchewan only, they call a hoodie a bunny hug. Who, who, who knew and your wife I was such an expert on Saskatchewan? <laughs> well, she has a brother who lives in Saskatchewan, so right. I guess it must have come up in conversation once. But Clearly, you no Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Schmitty is Saskatchewanian uh, bunny hugs. <laughs> wow. Um, good news over Canada, sitting in 24th place. Let's just say, you are beating France, so that's always a good thing. France have only won a silver so far, so not sure what's going on with the French, Colin. Oh, we're French-Canadian. We're like France Junior, <laughs> and we're beating them. That is something to brag about. Well, that's like we talked about your supposed rivalry with America. Like, surely you got to, like, go up against the French. Like, everyone wants to beat the French. Like, come on. Uh. At this point, it's just New Zealand. We just can't be that ashamed of ourselves Yeah, seriously. Anymore, you, so. you could win, like, 80 silver and, like, 90 bronze, and you'll, you know, and New Zealand will win one gold. And you'll still get beaten by them. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that in your resume. Beaten by New Zealand at the Olympics. Um, so, uh, I guess we really need to talk about right now. Uh, what What did you watch, Colin? We've obviously talked a little bit about what you watched, but was there any other things that you watched that I don't know about, or that our listeners don't know about? I should say more importantly, who cares about me? Uh, it was kind of an all team sport day for me today. Um, there was a little bit of rolling on early in the morning, but then it was just sort of depressing me. So. Uh, I, I turned the channel, and uh, uh, I watched a lot of volleyball today. I almost saw America in uh, the volleyball, at least the women's volleyball, almost saw them lose. Mm. Uh, the get commentators making a big deal about the fact that they were losing. I think it was the Netherlands they were playing. Um, they, they were down quite a bit, and they did come back in the end. Uh, what else was there? Of course, rugby. I watched both the gold and the bronze medal games. A um, little bit of basketball was on earlier. I can't remember who was playing. I did watch some of the water polo earlier today. It was Greece and Serbia, and that one was uh, another come from behind, so it ended up as a tie, I believe. Uh, and then, of course, the swimming in the evening. Um, still waiting for some fencing coverage on TV. I want to see my futuristic sport on there. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was away, actually, for most of the evening, so I only saw a couple of swimming events. I came home here just before we started recording because uh, I have an event I'm doing, a charity event, and I was off practicing the reverse sport climbing. Right. So I'm ready for the Olympics when they actually switch this thing up and everything gets played in reverse for 2028. Is, is reverse sport Flint-flon. climbing sport falling? Uh, I mean, how does that work? Yes. Very slow repelling. Right. So I guess we'll call it... Sport falling or reverse sport climbing. Okay, got it. Fair enough. Um, is it funny? You mentioned about the fencing yesterday. When I was watching it too, um, you mentioned like all the flashing lights and everything. When uh, there was a Canadian fencer at one point, and his entire like helmet had a giant maple leaf on it. It was kind of like, well, how the hell yes, can you see? Like, I love that. <laughs> you know, is that just like, oh, ew, I'm just going to have a maple leaf and just you know hope for the best. <laughs> I'm just going to wave my sword. Um, and it's actually, it's such a fun sport to watch because every single time they, like, get a point, they, they light up and they always celebrate so passionately. You know, it's like, ah, I got a point! Um, so it's, it is a fun sport to watch. I think more Honestly, people need to fence. their heels together or something like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. There needs to be more... Tra- I wonder if there's, like, trash talking in fencing. Like, what's their version of splashing 
Is it like, um, you know, knocking their sword over? Um, ooh! <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's on. Uh, <laughs> we can we can come up with that for flimflon. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> basketball cross with fencing. Mama jokes. Yeah, your mom. Exactly. Uh, what did I? Well, I watched um, I the canoe slalom. I, I I really enjoy the. That's a very fascinating sport, especially the one with the two men in a boat. I don't know if you saw any of that. Like, it's it's fun enough with one person. Imagine having two people in this tight little canoe trying to go around these giant gates and then getting... It's like you're in an yeah. endless toilet. Um, but it's, it's Now, my earliest memory of that is from Sydney. Do you know, was it introduced in Sydney? No, I think it was Atlanta. No, it would have been Barcelona, actually, because... Um, well, it was in Barcelona because... Jess Fox, our Aussie uh, hopeful, her dad competed for Great Britain at the Barcelona Olympics, and her mum won a bronze medal for France in Atlanta. So it's at least been around for that long. I I have my VHS tapes, and as I said, I think in our first episode, every once in a while I'll crack one out, or I have to transfer them digitally now, but I'll put one on before bed just to watch. And I always remembered my Sydney tape, which was like the first one I made, started with that and it was just the coolest thing i'd ever seen i don't even think i recorded the entire event i just got like a couple minutes of it and that's always what i associate with just the first opening minutes of my sydney vhs tape well i actually was sydney because the uh the park where they they have that's out at penrith which is where my my pop and i've got family lives out there so every time i go to sydney I actually stay out that way and i remember um one of the times i stayed out there because my pop knew i loved the olympics he drove me to where they had it and you can actually go there still and just you know, pay and you can go down the white water course and just, I don't know, have fun. Pee in the water. Pee in the water. Yeah, something that... Sydney Olympic logo <laughs> ready to go um, just to pee on it. Um, it's, it's right ready for Colin to come about and just go, oh, I really need to go to the toilet. And then just like off he goes. That's so. right. Um, but uh, equestrian, that's that's where our commentary will come from later because that was just something else. Uh, beach volleyball was always fun to watch. There's actually people at the beach volleyball. Um, and basketball, the booms, I watched more archery, handball, love that on the app. Of course, the rugby, but again, I've written here in big letters, still no crowds. Um, I think we really need to join Jared over there in Rio, because not only do we need to find Richie Port, we need to find where the people are, because again, there's no one there, Colin. Where are the people? Please, somebody tell the people of Rio there's a big event happening in their city right now. You know, I noticed with the beach volleyball today, I love that they had the aerial shots, at least the one that I was uh, just watching, and this the stands they go up forever like this is like a hundred of feet up or something I'm like they're almost gonna hit like the, the upper atmosphere or something this thing goes on forever so i just think they're a bunch of cheapskates and they're all sitting up in the bleed nosebleeds <laughs> section we just don't see them in the <laughs> the front row or anything well i've actually noticed that um you mentioned yesterday that there doesn't look like there's many people there but the crowds sound quite large I think there's a bit of trickery mm-hmm. going on here. I think they've got some sound effects that they're adding. I, I bet you if you're actually <laughs> there, there's like a bird. Like, I mean, we heard the commentators the other day, the judo. Like, oh, so quiet right now. I bet you, like, that's just sound effects added onto the, you know, the Olympic Broadcast Corporation or whoever it is. <laughs> like, let's add some sound effects make the crowd sound big. <laughs> Every once in a while, somebody hits the wrong button. You get, like, an old sitcom can laughter. And then a boo. <laughs> That's just when the Russians walk out. So, um, yeah, it's it's fascinating to Somebody see. Somebody just left the wrong button. Wheel of fortune. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, and you all of a sudden hear Soon Young, come on down! You're the next contestant <laughs> on the Price is Right! Oh, shit, wrong button. Uh, <laughs> we need to do that. We need to get that on YouTube and just dub it over. <laughs> Olympic sound effect yeah. fails. Um, athlete of the day. I- I'm guessing it's got to be Kylie Mass for you, doesn't it? Or are you just going to give it to your entire Rugby Sevens team? Uh, well, I'm actually reserving one of the Rugby Sevens for another segment here. So, yeah, we'll go with Kylie Mass. Um, also, as I said, I watch nothing but team sports all day today. Uh, I want to give, uh, I guess, an unfavorable shout out the American men's gymnastics. They missed out on meddling uh, for the same thing that happened to the Canadian women missing out on making the finals by basically slipping on the uneven bars right at the very end with the last person going. It was kind of a sad moment. Bugger. That's what we would say in Australia to that. Um, I've got a couple um, that I'll, I've got one main one, but a couple of honorable mentions. Um, Australian shooter Dane Sampson. Now, um, everyone in Australia loves Dane. Uh, we're, we're Dane crazy. Uh, just National Dane Day. Uh, because he competed in the um, 10-metre air rifle. Sadly, only finished 37th. So you're wondering, well, why the hell are you putting out Dane? Well, that's an improvement from London, uh, when he sadly only finished 42nd. So he's managed to improve five places. Now, I think... That we're so centric on our rugby team, on our swimmers, on our archers. But, like, you know, credit where credit is due for Dane Sampson. Five places higher than he finished in London. You know, he's a good bloke, Dane. I'm sure he, like, donates to charity and, like, you know, uses his indicator when he turns, when he's driving. Because he has improved a lot. So I, I think maybe he'll be our fan message of the day. We'll get to that later. Not sure. Um, Chad LeClough, now J-Mac. J-Mac is a huge fan J- of his, I hear. J-Mac has a tattoo of Dane Sampson. He <laughs> loves him. Like, seriously. Like, the Dane Sampson love in this country is underrated. All right? You think of great Australian and Olympians. Sampson has a J-Mac tattoo is yeah. the other part of it. Yes. So, oh, My name's Jamie McMillan. Or you can call me J-Mac. Um... Chad LeClough from South Africa. Now, I don't know if you saw the 200 free. He just came out of those blocks and just absolutely belted. Like, he was winning the whole race for 150 metres in lane one, if you don't mind. Still won the silver. Got overrun by Sun Yang, because obviously his drugs kicked in at that point. But um, <laughs> the thing I have to say about Chad is, I know he's won, he's been around for a while, Chad, because I think back when South Africa used to win the 4x100 free, he was part of that. But um, his his suit at the end, his uh, South African team uniform, looked like it was about eight sizes too big for him. I don't know if he's lost a lot of weight or he's just going for the baggy bro look or something along those lines. And then when they um, actually put his full name up on screen, it's not just Chad LeClough, it's Chad Guy Bertrand LeClough. So the guy has got like 80 different names. So I just think he deserves some props. Um, and also, I love butchering names on this show. And there's no better name to butcher than an Icelandic name because um, there was an Icelandic swimmer. I think it was a 100-meter backstroke if she was in. No, breaststroke she was in. Um, And I think she got about fifth. But her name, and this is... I apologize to the country of Iceland right now because apparently you've got the hardest language in the world to learn and your names aren't exactly easy either. Her name is Hrafnhilda Luthersdottir. And I have no idea if that's even close. But um, I'm looking at her profile here. 
She is a uh, silver medalist at the European Championships and a bronze medalist earlier this year. But we thought that the Universe Aid Games were big, Colin. This lady, this this Hilda Frifren 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 from Iceland, she is the queen of the games of the small states of Europe. She has won so many gold medals here, according to Wikipedia, that I don't even think it can fit on the screen. But how do we get involved in the games of the small states of Europe? Um, <laughs> drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> political corruption. <laughs> I'm just looking here. There are, what, there are 10 member countries of the games of the small states of Europe. You've got Andorra, Cyprus, Iceland, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Malta, Monaco, Montenegro, and San Marino. Like, when you think of powerhouse nations, these are it. Um, so, we're, we're, we're covering the And high-stakes poker games at Casino Royale would be the other part of it. <laughs> In 2017, they're going to San Marino. We're continuing this podcast for next year because I want to. I want to make this the games of small states of Europe podium off the podium. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to that Icelandic one. I'm not going to say her name again, but fine. Yeah, uh, Chris Burton, Birdo. Um, <laughs> he's the athlete of the day. When we get to this commentary, seriously. Um, <laughs> Oh, I, I can't even do it justice until we get to that segment because, I mean, he's leading the equestrian right now for Australia and, you know, forget old Dane Sampson and J-Mac. Chris Burton's going to marry this guy, I think. Uh, J-Mac's going to marry Chris Burton, I should say. But anyway, um, I don't really have a wife today. Uh, I didn't really find anyone. Oh, I've got one for you. Oh, hang on. Oh, Colin's matchmaking for me. I like this. It'll tie into our segment today. Okay. Who, who, who have we got for me? Okay, so are we moving on to the uh, athlete segment of the day? Oh, the hell, my name is. Oh, the the one where you go through your um your no. Well, well, maybe we'll save that because I'll just quickly go over the commentary stuff. But um, oh, okay. But yeah, Britt Elmsley still. Is... I've got a commentary bit too. Oh, so. good. All right, good. I, I'm intrigued to find out who my future wife is. But Anna Derrick, well, she's got a month till I can marry her. So anyway, um. This... <laughs> I'm renaming this segment Channel 7 Shit, Shit, Shit. That's what this segment is called. It's not just classic commentary. And you can add CBC slightly okay. Um, you go first. I want to <laughs> I I know what's, what's Canadian commentary happening. What's happening with them? Okay, this is another example of Canadians maybe trying too hard to be politically correct and polite. Uh, during the bronze medal match, uh, the Great Britain versus Canada rugby sevens, there is one of the Great Britain players. Her name is Heather Fisher. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Oh, of course we are. She's National the bald. Athlete. If you've ever seen them play, she is the bald one. All right, yes. Um, and if, <laughs> if you've seen her close up, it is very clear that she is bald with patches that have been shaved but coming in. If you see that, you're going to assume probably somebody is going through cancer treatments or something like that. The Canadian commentators pointing her out and talking about her. It's like, you will notice she is the bald one. And we just want to say, that is treatment for cancer. It is not a fashion choice. Wow. <laughs> they need to point this out. For a cancer patient playing in the bronze medal match, it is not a fashion choice. This is part of her treatment. Oh, like, why would... Why? Like, I mean, good on her for obviously beating cancer and winning a bronze medal. That's great. But, like... So what if she wants to have a bald head? I mean, don't get me started on women with short hair, but, like, I'm sure there are some out there who like to have bald heads. Like, well, even if, like, 
like just the fact that they felt compelled to remind people this isn't a fashion choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is sickness, people. Let's treat this with respect. How about calling it out in the middle of the game? You notice the bald one there? She's a cancer patient. This isn't one of those fashion trends that she's trying to start. <laughs> Why even mention it? So, so, so this is a man. See that bald guy? He's going. That's a fashion <laughs> statement. He doesn't have cancer. Um, <laughs> uh, just whenever, whenever we do have something to say about the Canadian commentators, it's always them trying really hard to be politically correct, trying really hard to be polite, and it just coming across as incredibly awkward. Well, this is going to be a perfect segue into Australian commentary. Um, I'm going to save the equestria for last. Just a couple of bits on other parts I noticed. Um, within moments of us winning gold in the Rugby 7, it is already a, quote, famous victory according to Channel 7. Um, yes, I'm sure. We went into it as the world champions and the outright favourites. Clearly, we were underdogs, and it was a famous victory. If Canada had have won, that's a famous victory. Um, I don't think us winning a me- event that we were expected to win is a famous victory. Um, yeah, I mentioned Basil Zemplis, uh, the the Mac Horton bit with Sun Yang. Um John Rooney. Now, I actually quite like John Rooney. Now, for people you don't know who John Rooney is, Colin, but our uh, swimming commentators, Basil Zemplis and John Rooney. John Rooney is a former uh, world champion swimmer for Australia. She's an Olympic gold medalist. Um, she's, I think, a, a TV. She reads the weather, I think, in one of the cities on the mainland. She's, you know, a very attractive lady, and she's very good at her job. Uh, but she turns around, and she's just like, I'm nervous, Basil. I haven't been this nervous in some time before the 100 metres, like for Emily Seabom. And then Emily Seabom comes out, does this, you know, whole walkout. And I'd love to talk about, when we've got more time, the whole entrance of swimmers, since it's become like a rock concert with the name on the background. Yeah. And, like, anyway. But she turns around as Emily Seabom walks out. She goes, oh, that's good. Little smile. Wave to the crowd. That's her usual style. I'm like, what else is she expected to do? Come out and do the Degeneration X suck it motion or something like that? <laughs> It's not oh, wrestling. Ready? <laughs> like, I really don't know what she's expected to do. Smile and wave to the crowd. Pretty standard for an athlete, I would say, Gian Rooney. Um, but yes, Equestrian is where it's at. Now, I'm I'm very sorry to say that I don't actually know this commentator's full name. I know her name was Vicky. That's about all I can tell you for our uh, beloved Equestrian commentator. I've written down a heap here because this is Australian commentary at his best because out rides our our leading champion chris burton the off the podium athlete of the day at least from my behalf and uh she gets a bit excited burto's coming up next uh (laughs) this is australian commentary uh he successfully jumps over a jump she turns around and says burto's stickability is looking great right now um, I mean, stickability is a very common term in equestrian, I think. Uh, she keeps looking at the horses. Gosh, those are lovely creatures. <laughs> She's getting very excited. <laughs> this is like Jared, Jared getting excited. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a really funny one. Where I've lost it here. She, like, there was a classic line. This is like the best bit ever, and I've completely lost where I've written. Oh, here it is. She's comment. This is before Berto comes out, right? There's an Irish writer, and they haven't done very well. So this is her exact line before getting excited before Berto comes out. The Irish team is pretty much screwed. Here's Berto! <laughs> 
that is actually what she says. Um, so, there's too many here that I've written, but uh, Vicky, Vicky, whatever your name is, um, you're the best commentator in the Olympics so far. Um, your love for Berto wow. does it in for me. Um, all right, Canada Athlete of the Day, my future wife, apparently. Do I need to start Googling? Who have we got today? Yeah. Well, we're going to go through two of them because this rugby, there's actually four who have profiles on here from rugby. Uh, we're going to go through two of them today. The first one I'll put up is Ben's future wife. Uh, you can Google right now, Bianca Ferrella. Bianca Ferrella. And uh, if she's not your future wife, then, uh, um, well, maybe Jared or uh, oh, it's too late for me now. <laughs> oh, she, oh, yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, um, yeah okay, keep going. All right. I, I'm, I'm keen to learn more about... Bianca. Okay, so my name is Bianca Farella, and I am Canadian. So draw a picture of yourself. She drew a picture of herself. She's got her curly hair in there. For whatever reason, she stopped with the head, and she doesn't have a nose. So I think she's a lazy drawer. She just gave us a disembodied head. Um, if you could choose any Olympic host city, it would be Rome, Italy. In my spare time, I most like to hike, sleep, and watch TV. The weirdest instructions a coach ever gave me was... Grow two inches. <laughs> I wonder if she listened on that one. Um, my favorite workout is she crossed out front squat. She must have gotten sick of it during when she started writing it and finishing it. And she finished writing jump testing. I don't know what jump testing is. Clearly, that's uh, going to join 2024 testing? behind sport climbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the front squat is out of the Olympics. That's what the issue was. Yep. And jump testing's in. Yeah. Um, if I could have lunch with any one person, it would be Channing Tatum. She's not the only athlete who wrote this, but she is the only one that felt the need to put in brackets underneath it, i.e. Mike from Magic Mike. <laughs> oh, him, right. She could have said the guy from Magic Mike or just Channing Tatum, but she wants to remind us is Mike from Magic Mike. Is that like saying Brad um, Pitt, the guy from The Curse of Benjamin Button? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Button from Benjamin Button. Um, <laughs> draw a picture of a Canadian animal. She drew a moose or a dog with sticks strapped to its head. This could be the reindeer from the Grinch You Stole Christmas. I can't tell. So it's not a bunny? Uh. My, <laughs> yes. This is a bunny hug in the wild. <laughs> My favorite sandwich is grilled cheese. If I could have any superpower, it would be teleportation. That seems to be, like, the default answer. I don't know how that's so helpful in sports. Um, the best candy in the world is chocolate. As a kid, my favorite sports team was the Montreal Canadiens. If I could live anywhere in the world, it would be New Zealand. Oh, God. Uh, no. All right, no. They divorce. beat her. I guess she was aiming for the silver, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm divorcing her already. Sorry, Bianca. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh when I was little, okay, I don't understand this, why they include this still. When I was little, I always thought she wrote, raisins were a fruit on its own grapes. <laughs> and then she crossed and scribbled it all out. So the entire answer is scribbled out to the point where I can't really read it, but they felt the need to keep this on the page. <laughs> this one you're going to love, Ben. Her sense of humor will win you over. Okay. My favorite joke to tell is, what's orange and sounds like a parent? Um, I don't know, Bianca. A carrot. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yep. That's yep. Okay, yeah. she, she I'll forgive her for the New Zealand love. She she's a funny chick. I get it. Yep. All right. And what would the coolest Olympic medal look like? It's a medal with a maple leaf underneath the Olympic rings. Is it bronze? Um 
there's no color in here, oh. so it's whatever we want it to be. Okay. Right. Uh, we'll move on to her teammate, Sarah Kaljuvi. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. So, uh, <laughs> draw a picture of yourself. She drew somebody who looks nothing like her. Again, if you want to see these pictures, they're quite funny. Just Google, hi, my name is Team Canada, and look for Sarah Kaljuvi. She's blonde. She drew somebody with like black hair, and she put on the side of the face that we can't see on the picture. She drew an arrow pointing it, put and put shaved side because I guess she has one half of her head shaved. Uh, she pointed out the shaved side, but didn't draw it. Um, there's a very long-winded, boring answer for the greatest Olympian of all time. I'll skip that. The first Olympics I remember watching was Salt Lake City. If I could be any superhero, it would be Jean Grey. All right. So not teleporter. I don't know why. My favorite ice cream is chocolate brownie cookie dough. If I were a baseball player, my walk-up music would be The Beast by Tech 9 and Busta Rhymes. Oh. Are you familiar with Tech 9 and Busta Rhymes? It's my ringtone. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> love it. One of the best. Um, <laughs> the best nickname I've ever been called. This actually fits in with her name, but it's also what Ben calls most of his wives. Juvie. <laughs> you have to see the picture on this uh what the coolest olympic medal would look like she wrote that it's an olympic burger obviously but to me this looks like some high-tech death star with the olympic rings in the middle it's actually extraordinary art uh in a movie about my life i would be played by charlie's theron if i weren't an athlete then i would be the cookie monster <laughs> <laughs> oh, who wouldn't be <laughs> I mean, eventually these athletes have to get a real job, and her job is going to be the Cookie Monster, apparently. Which makes total sense that her guilty pleasure snack is cheesecake. She she should be the Cheesecake Monster, not the Cookie Monster. Um, my favorite song lyric is, We in a fight to the finish, so why not fight till you finished? By Jules Santana, the second coming. Are you familiar with Jules Santana, the second coming? That was my ringtone until uh, the Buster Rhymes one came on. So Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. Most recent TV show I binge-watched was The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Draw a picture of a Canadian animal. Everybody but Gavin Schmidt knows the moose is the only answer. What about a beaver? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's done a beaver yet. Maybe that's what Gavin Schmidt's was. It was like a beaver without a tail or something. <laughs> yes. uh, my favorite place in the world to compete is Hong Kong. Uh, doping. I'm not going to uh, make any accusations. <laughs> my favorite video game is Mario Kart 64. My biggest fear in life is missing a meal. <sighs> terrifying <laughs> and i can't live without my support system so that is our rugby team that's what led them to the bronze do they do they ask them different questions each of the players because I, I swear like there's d yeah. different questions to everyone there's, you've read out <laughs> yeah i think there's probably a half dozen different questionnaires out there and it's just random whoever gets which one right okay then well there you go uh i i will um i will put bianca on the list and um, yep. she will strike strike one of your juvies off. <laughs> yes. Well, the gymnastics is on again tomorrow. I, I didn't actually see the Americans perform. I think that was when I was in bed. So um, we'll get to it. It was the men's gymnastics on today. So oh well, look, you know, I'm open to experimenting. So we'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> it's not legal in this country yet, but I'm sure it will be one day. Uh, to Austra <laughs> Australian fan messages. Uh, now we won't go through too many of these because a lot of these are kind of bland and boring. I found one interesting one. Here here though uh this one kind of relates to you in a way colin no i'm not trying to find your future husband i mean if you want one again uh, this one's from howard bird 
overseas fan. Hi, this is to Stephen Bird. Hi, Stephen. The Canadian side of the Bird family are really impressed with you making the Olympics for the second time. All the best for the heats and finals. Say hi to Mark and Avril for us. Cheers, Howard Bird. So clearly related to Avril Levine. I mean, that's the only Canadian Avril that I know. Um, I have no idea who the hell Stephen Bird is. But there are Bird lots is. of birds here. Uh, well, a lot, apparently. Um, a lot of people are trying to steal away my future wife, and I'm not liking these messages to Brit. <laughs> um, Sarah Harris, an overseas fan. So happy for you. Congratulations. I'm an Aussie in UK. That's great. Um, this one from Adrian Victoria to one of our rugby players, Charlotte Caslick. Hi, I'm Adrian. A dog. Um, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> well done. You just won <laughs> yourself a fan. You were killing against Canada. That's a bit harsh. Like I didn't see any dead Canadians on the field. Uh, in the in the Olympics, spelled O L I M P I C S. Uh, to you and the rest of the team, bring home the gold, ladies. Australia. <laughs> so Australian ebonics at its best here. Yep, exactly. I love how the AOC actually like spell check these beforehand. Um, Jake, overseas fan, to Chloe Dalton. A lot of Canadian messages today. I just watched your game against the Canadian Olympic team. Wow, so not only does she play rugby, she took on the entire Canadian Olympic team. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jake says, and wanted to say, you did great. Um, Oh, isn't that sweet? Just those damn Canadian Olympians. Like, got to take them on. Um, and this <laughs> this one's from Danny in Queensland to David Morgan. And don't ask me who, what he competes in. I wouldn't have a clue. The message says, Go Morgo. Uh, <laughs> Morgo? Morgo. Yep. That's about Does it. Does everybody have to have, like, a shortened name like that in Australia? Yeah, this is Australia. Birdo, Morgo. <laughs> Come on. You should know this about Australia <gasps> by now. We always have to. Um, all right, so we, are we are we literally sending a fan message to the one and only Dane Sampson? I mean, is there anyone else today to Samso? Oh, it has to be Samso. <laughs> all right, let's, let's... Can we just end everything we say in the message? Can we just end it with an O? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, oh, Dano Samso. <laughs> Send a fan message to Dane Sampson. Samso, your name. Um, off the podium. Why not? That's original. Uh, <laughs> this is this is great. O-T-P-O? O-T-P-O? Yeah. <laughs> Ofto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're big in the shooting circles. They love us uh, there in, in Red. I just want to quickly point out, too, we, we talked about... Um, Canada coverage showing former Olympians watching Olympic races. In Australia, we cut to the lounge room of the Australian Olympic Village and get to see swimmers sitting on a couch on their phone. That's apparently worth showing. Um, <laughs> see, see, here in Canada, there's still a novelty. Like, we're doing good at swimming. This is exciting. Our greatest swimmer of all time is watching this. In Australia, it is just such second nature to be winning in swimming. That you're sitting there tweeting while your teammates are winning a gold. <laughs> they literally cut to this room as Sun Young's on his victory lap. And they're all like, oh, and there's Mac Horton sitting on the couch uh, on his phone. I wonder if he's thinking about Sun Young right now. Probably tweeting about him. <laughs> Such is the care factor of Australia on Sun Young that we just need to see our gold medalist on the couch on Twitter. So <laughs> Playing Candy Crush. Meanwhile, there is like... World records being set out in the pool. Yep, exactly. So the message... Pokemon Go takes the precedent here. (laughs) The message I've written here, well done, Samso, on your 37th place-o, all the best-o. 
<laughs> That'll do. All right. Thank you, Dane. Now, uh, just uh, before we wrap it up uh, for the day, um, we're obviously starting off this very uh, big Flin Flon 2028 Olympic bid, Colin, which uh, Jared, of course, uh, you mentioned Flin Flon. Jared put his hand up. It's already taking the, the city by storm. All 5,000 people and 200 people on the other side of the border are loving it. I found six strange and remarkable facts about Flin Flon. Do you, do you want to hear these? Because these are exciting. These, this is why the Olympics will be there in 12 years' time. Um, the first fact... This is why you know more about Canada than I do. Uh, I'm interested to hear this. Well, we discovered this one yesterday. Flin Flon is named after a science fiction character. Didn't realize he was a science fiction character of <laughs> Josiah Flin Tabity Flontane Flanatin from the 1905 book The Sunless City. Uh, that is a magnificent book. The mindless prospectors who discovered large mineral deposits near the future side of the town found a copy of the book nearby. So basically, a bunch of miners have gone like, oh, yeah, oh, there's a book. Oh, let's name it after Josiah Flynn, Tabity Flynn. Like, that's how it comes about. <laughs> like, what if they like, discovered, like, I don't know, um, Moby Dick? Like, oh, let's call the town Dick. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the second fact, I, knew, I know you know this one, Colin. At least 17 NHL players have come out of the town of 5,500 people, including Hall of Famer Bobby Clark and Ken Baumgartner. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, in the last decade, Flin Flon was home to Canada's largest legal grow-op, known as the Ganja Mine, because it grew pot in an <laughs> underground mine. It supplied Health Canada's med- medical marijuana. One and needs. That's a stoner town. <laughs> it, now that explains why they named it Flin Flon. <laughs> oh, this is such an Olympic city. In the 1950s, <laughs> Flin Flon flirted with independence from Manitoba. The Flin Flon Chamber of <laughs> Commerce very briefly considered to carve out a large chunk of northern Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta to form a new pre- pre- province to be called Pre Cambria. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So we're going from Flin Flon 2028 to Flin Flon Secession 2028. It's like the great Canada Civil War. Um, it's, it's not Brexit, it's like Flexit. Um, something along those lines. In 1943... Flexit flogs it. That's what the name would be. In 1943, hundreds of servicemen from Flin Flon were invited to descend on Nelson's Column in London's Trafalgar Square for a raucous reunion that lasted from morning to midnight, drinking at least one bar dry. As a dispatch from London noted, the manager had never seen Flin Flonners in action before, and his voice was full of wonder and regret when he had to inform them that the well had run dry. Oh... Jeez, that's not good. Uh, but here's, this is the last one. This is a pretty big one. Flin Flon native Dr. Frank Gunston, or as we like to call him, Gunsto, uh, is credited with <laughs> developing the world's first total replacement artificial knee in the 1960s. Well, there you go. They invented something, Colin. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just surprised they didn't come up with a better name for, for it than just artificial knee. Yeah. <laughs> Flin Flom Flabberty Knee. Um, and for those of you... Like the Florida Official Fleet or something like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, cityofflinflon.ca is their official website. Um, and just a reminder to everybody um, that today at 8am in the city of Flin Flon, there's uh, some walking going on. There's like an event here that says walking. Um, so <laughs> clearly... Oh. <laughs> everyone get up and walk. Well, that's... <laughs> 
It's the be- beginning of the very long torch walk for <laughs> Flin Flon 2028. 12-year journey around the city of Flin Flon. <laughs> <laughs> Must do a few laps. All right. Um, hashtag Flin Flon 2028. Start, the, start it trending. Um, day four is upon us right now. 15 gold medals will be decided today. Um, no sports starting. Well, men's rugby sevens is on uh, today. Uh, I don't think Australia is in a chance. I think Fiji are aiming for their very first Olympic medal in that. But uh, we'll have medals decided today in canoeing, in diving, equestrian. Oh, come on, Berto, do it for Australia. Uh, fencing, uh, artistic gymnastics today. Women's, I'll be on to that. Um, <laughs> hopefully not in jail by the end of it. Uh, judo, <laughs> uh, more shooting, more swimming, and some more weightlifting medals. Um, anything particular of note for Canada? Are you, you're onto the diving, are you, today, Colin? I have had no opportunity to even check what's going on tomorrow. Um, so all I know is uh, the one good rower we have is... From what I understand, Carling Zeman, she's up tomorrow, uh, which is the reason they still have all morning dedicated to nothing but rowing, even though we're failing at it miserably. What's well, the 10-meter synchronized uh, platform today? And uh, look, Men or women? Uh, that would be the women, and it looks as though Canada are involved, so you might have a Rose chance Rosalie Fillion's in there? Uh, I, I just see they've got a list of six countries, and it just says Canada. It doesn't tell me who, but um, it just says Canada. <laughs> uh, you've got Canada, US, Mexico, Brazil, Malaysia, and Great Britain. No China? What's oh, Hang on a minute. This is this, that's that's not right. Surely we yeah, but they want to sweep the medals. They have to be in there. This, this, maybe they just didn't show up. Like... <laughs> slept in um the the drugs didn't arrive so um (laughs) sorry we don't want to start a war with china it's already begun but anyway um nine days to modern pentathlon so get excited colin uh always fun thank you for your time today and uh yes thank you for trying to set me up with bianca i'll i'll shoot her a tweet yeah i had a flintabulous uh flantastic day today (laughs) And uh, this was a <laughs> uh, great way to end it off. I have no other Flynn words to use there. <laughs> well, if you have some Flynn words, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was an F word as well. <laughs> Facebook. Um, uh, off the Podium podcast on there. Uh, you can also find us on email. Uh, well, not find us, you can just email us. Uh, off the Podium at hotmail.com or on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Leave us a rating. No new ones to go over today, sadly. And we're also on YouTube, of course. But uh, yes, we'll be back tomorrow, day four. As always, get excited. Uh, thank you for your time and have a flin flan flobbity day. And uh, good night here from Off the Podium.